This is Adel Busani, and I am your host for Mending Broken Beliefs podcast. Every Monday and Thursday, we upload new episodes from incredible speakers who share their wisdom on important life lessons and their personal journeys towards living a purposeful life. Tune in on Thursdays to get my latest scoop on self-growth and new transformational life concepts. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel. have Karen Camarado who is a grief counselor and she she herself has a story she has survived a great loss for any mother um, and today we're going to be hearing about her story and how it is possible to find happiness again and even though it does feel hard sometimes it is still possible so today we're going to hear from Karen how are you Karen I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Um, I was, whenever you decided to call the title of the podcast, Can You Ever Be Happy Again? I was thinking it's so perfect for my situation and for so many of the moms that I work with because it is the main myth around child loss is that you know, once that happens, there is no way to be happy again, especially if you don't know anyone who's been through it or, you know, you're just brand new to the idea of it. It's just overwhelming and it really feels like it's impossible. But um, I will say that I've been through, I think, what the worst thing that can happen to a mom is, which is the loss of a child. And it's been many years for me. I, um, I had an eight-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter 24 years ago, and I live in South Carolina where the weather's usually warm and usually um, doesn't snow, doesn't snow very often, and certainly the neighborhood ponds and lakes don't freeze over. But that day, um, it was unseasonably cold and unusually snowy, and we... Um, Actually, school got canceled. We had to stay home. There was no daycare, so I couldn't go to work. And I just thought it was going to be a nice, cuddly day at home. Um, my daughter and I stayed in the house, and Nicholas decided to go outside and play. He had gotten a new hockey stick for Christmas. He was excited to play street hockey. And, um, he, you know, so he just went out. He had on just crazy made-up winter clothes because we didn't really have anything winter. So, you know, like piles of sweatshirts and mittens and whatever we could come up with. And so he just went to play. I said, bye. I love you. Bye. That's it. And about an hour later, there was like a pounding on my door and I opened it up and it was one of Nick's friends who said that Nick fell in the pond. And you know, I was at first thinking, what pond? Like, I couldn't even think that there was a pond nearby and didn't realize the seriousness of what was happening. And um, so I just took off, went running. That poor kid, I like still think about him to this day, what he must have thought, because I just put him in charge of watching my one-year-old daughter and <laughs> took off. I ran through the street in the snow and bare feet to get over to this little neighborhood pond that was behind some houses in our, in our uh, subdivision. And when I got there, all I could see was a big hole in the ice. Uh, there were a few people standing around looking like, you know, they didn't really understand what happened. And I was just like, 
in shock and numb and didn't know what to do. Um, and then people started showing up, rescue divers, helicopters, news, you know, it was just a big, a big crazy day. And um, the long story short is that unfortunately, um, one of Nick's friends had tried to crop tried to run out on the ice, you know, just having fun and he fell in. And so Nick crawled out to try to help him. And he was just eight um, and the ice beneath him broke as well. And so unfortunately both, do both boys died that day. And I always think of that day as the separation in my life between before and after. And I thought, like I mentioned before that, that was pretty much it. I didn't think anything good could ever happen again. Um, I knew a few women who had lost children, not very closely, but I knew them. And both of the ones that I knew were just very depressing, tragic, unhappy people. And to be expected, of course, but you know, I just kind of thought, okay, well, that's how I have to be now. And I did what I had to do um, in those first weeks. You know, you have to handle the arrangements and deal with all the people that are coming to you. And, you know, I was lucky I received a lot of support from a lot of different people. But, you know, at the end of the day, my child had died and I really had no idea what to do. Um, I was, I had my daughter and she was one and Thank goodness, I know that I'm lucky compared to some other people that lose someone that they love and they have nobody else to take care of and love, but I was lucky I had her and she did give me a reason to get up every day. But through my life, uh, just going on and doing that day-to-day -day life, I just kind of blended back into a sort of a numb, regular life. I didn't I didn't feel joy very often, but you know, there were moments of joy. I ended up having another child too. So I have um, two other children and they gave me moments of happiness, but I just always felt so sort of dead inside. Like, you know, there's so many things that go along with this guilt, you know, guilt that I had failed as a mother and worry that I would fail again you know, there was always so many things on my shoulders. And so it just kind of always felt heavy. But as my children grew, and as I started to have time to think about my life, and was my life an honor to Nicholas? And was I living in a way that would make him proud? And when I started to think about that, it really just started to get to me, you know, realizing that I can't let all of this pain and his loss be for no reason. And so I tried to just start improving myself. I, you know, I just started reaching out and doing things that I hadn't done before. And the corniest thing <laughs> that I have ever done and, you know, it, to give it so much credit in changing my life is gonna sound crazy, but 
it's true. Um, for me, I went to a Zumba class at a local Y and I got this feeling that I hadn't had in so long, which was um, just um, joy, you know? And it was a complete break from the other sad things that I had in my life. And just the feeling that was reintroduced was like, it felt like addictive to me. Like I didn't want to lose that feeling. I got it back in my life somehow and I didn't want to lose it. Um, and so, you know, I would never say, yeah, Zumba is the cure for child loss. No, it's not. But there are steps that you can take to reawaken the part of you that you feel has kind of died. And I just wish that it didn't take me so long. It took me 24, well, it's been 24 years now. So it took me about 20 years to really wake up and try to find those things that would help me feel better again. And it just kind of became an avalanche from there. I, you know, I loved that and I tried to do some other things. I went to some different classes. I, um, started reading all kinds of self-help books, listening to podcasts like yours, um, just everything that I could do. I was just so hungry for it. And it was, it was making me feel so much better all along the way. And that's when I realized that I had to share this feeling with other people who were in my shoes. And all along the years, you know, I've always thought, oh, I wish I could help other moms, but I really didn't know how I would do that. Um, you know, I Googled grief counselor many times through the years and, um, you know, I didn't have the college education to, to do that. And so it would mean like a whole new big start for me. And I just didn't feel like I could do that. So one time when I Googled grief counselor, I got grief coach. And that really piqued my interest because I started to realize that although I had a grief counselor when I had first lost Nick and she helped me greatly, um, but she got me to a certain point. She got me living again. She got me performing my duties. I was able to get up and go to work and handle my business. Um, but I won't say that it ever made me wake up to joy again. And when you think about the idea of a coach, it's kind of the next step. It takes you from that place where you got to, where you could survive, you could exist, and gives you the ability to choose a goal. What is the goal for you? Is it to just be completely happy again? Is it to make sense of the loss? Is it to help others? Is it to um, honor your child somehow? You know, and that really lit me up. And so I took a course and became a grief coach. But I feel that that training was great. But more than that was just my um, my experience and what I'd been through and the fact that I didn't want everyone else to wait so long to seek those steps that you could take wow. to. Yeah. So 
anyway, I, um, I am a grief coach now. I work only with moms that have lost children and it's just been such an amazing journey and so fulfilling for me. And I'm just so happy that, um, I finally found my thing and, and that's what I want to do is I just want to help others find theirs. Wow. That's an incredible, such an emotional, such an emotional story. Um, and there's so many lessons that can be learned from the story and steps you took to kind of heal yourself and put yourself back together. Um, so many people have different kind of losses. You know, the loss of a child is one so great. Um, but, you know, the lessons that we learned from your story and how you were able to pick up again you know, get through that, get that help you needed, get, talk to the people that you needed, being mindful, being aware that you needed that change. And it all really comes down to two things, mindfulness and baby steps. Yes. Uh, and that's really, I think that's like the biggest message you gave us here that in any loss you're going through or in any really big challenge that you're going through in life, it doesn't necessarily have to be a loss of a person, but how you get back together, how you find that happiness again is being mindful and aware and taking that baby, those baby steps and being patient and understanding that it's one day at a time, one day at a time and slowly growing back into it. And your story is really inspiring. I'm so happy that I got you here, Karen. Oh, thank you so much. And I mean, you're totally understanding what I'm saying. And yes, there are all kinds of loss in this world. And I don't think there's any person who escapes a loss. You know, everybody has things and it doesn't just include the loss. It includes the loss of a person. It includes the loss of a marriage, the loss of a job, you know, the loss of a dream. There's so many things and it really takes that, what you talked about, a decision to wake up and be open and then patience while you're, while you're seeking the things that help you. Yes, absolutely. Wow, I'm so happy that I got you here. I'm so glad that we were able to share such a valuable lesson to so many people. Um, Karen, do you have any links or resources that we can share with our audience? So they can yes, yes, and I can send those to you, but the easiest one to remember is my website. It's rising above in memory of.com. So if you go to my website, you can uh, connect with me by email or you can check out some of my resources there. Um, and I would love to talk to any of your audience and offer them a free consultation or you know just a free conversation if they would like to talk about their loss. Wow, thank you so much, Karen, and we appreciate your offer. Um, guys, check her out. She has her website, risingaboveinmemoryof.com. Thank you again, Karen, for being here. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Mending Broken Beliefs podcast and for joining me on the adventure of my life. I hope you found this episode to be enjoyable and valuable. To find out more about us, you can visit our website at edenbusani.com. If you enjoy this episode and feel others can benefit from it as well, spread the love by sharing.